Blog Talk Radio. You're tuned in to Dynamic Dojo Talk TV with, with Rusty and Cash. Your source for martial arts talk right here on Facebook Live Video. Say hello, yo Steve, on on the show today. So yay! I don't know if there is any kind of any kind of a uh, uh, like prize. <laughs> you know, maybe someday we'll get to the point where the first person. Yeah. There we go. So you get a little bit of cheering. Yay! Maybe even a little bit of applause if I can get my applause up here. There we go. <laughs> so, who else is going to be joining us today? First off, I need to take that off there. Don't need Facebook in 50 different places. And Jane is here. And Ted Mattingly is here. And Dana Abbott says hello. Awesome. So stay tuned, folks, and uh, get other friends of yours to come and listen, because we're going to be talking about three subjects. We hope to get to the third subject. Uh, But first, um, the first two subjects are going to be pretty much uh, ongoing, where you can write in the comments and stuff like that. Or you can call us, actually. Um, In fact, let me go ahead and put our phone number up. Now, we're not going to be taking any calls until about 630 uh, today, um, our time, Pacific time, 6.30 Pacific time. But let me go ahead and get our overlap here real quick, the thing that, like, sits all around us type of thing. And let's see. Oh, what happened? I just had it. Ro- oh, there Ro- it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. I found it. I think that's it. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's right there. So, <laughs> right there. Right there. Over here. Over here. It's right there. Yes. Not there. It's like here. I get it. Yeah. So, anyway, the phone lines will open at 630. Um, Our phone number is 347-677-0699. You can call us on the phone, but we will not answer anything until 630. You know, in the past, we've had people call, like now, and then get all pissy with me that we don't answer the phone. So that's why I put that thing right there. Phone lines will open at 6.30. Okay. So um, we're not going to answer it until (laughs) 6.30. (laughs) And hey, Dan Haney is watching. Thanks for for, uh, tuning in there, Dan. So anyway, 
what we're going to be talking about today, what is in your everyday carry? What's in your pockets every day? What knife are you carrying? You know, do you have one of those cool tactical wallets? Um, do you uh, do you carry a firearm? Do you, you know, what do you carry for, you know, for self-protection? That kind of thing. Um, and, you know, we just kind of want to know what you carry in my pocket. Um, and uh, we'll talk about that. I carry all sorts of just random crap in my pocket as well as a knife, you know, in the usual wallet and keys and stuff like that. Now, secondly, we're going to be talking about, we're curious, what are the requirements for black belt at your studio? First degree black belt or the equivalent of, not third degree or whatever, but the first black belt. What are the requirements? And you can write them in the comments down below or you can call us. And, uh, you know, we'd be interested in talking about, you know, if you're a teacher, what do you look for? in in promoting someone to black belt and if you're a student what are your expectations of what a black belt should be and the reason why we're asking that if you're asking that of students is because you know the way that students look at upper ranks and and their requirements and what's expected it changes with time so it does change with time. We'd be kind of interested in hearing from students. And about, I know there are some schools who have um, instructor black belts as well as uh, just a black belt. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. What is the difference between the two and how does that affect uh, their ability to advance in rank? <clears throat> yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So we're going to be uh, talking about that. Dana Abbott says that it's a thousand. Hours thousand, of training. Thousand hours least, of training. At least. At the very least. Yes. Yes. So we'll be talking about that. And hopefully we can get to this subject, mutual combat laws. Now, in some states, uh, I think only two. I think, um, I'm trying to remember, there's only a few. And I, I think, I know technically Washington has something about mutual combat in Texas. However, there are. Um, I've got, uh, I just found some information online uh, written by lawyers in the uh, Pacific Northwest uh, area, and it clears up the uh, the whole mutual combat law thing, right? Here in um, Seattle, many people are under the assumption that if two people agree to a consensual throwdown, like if two people go... Yeah, sure. We, you know, we're just arguing over who's who and what's what and this and that and the other and blah, blah, blah. And we, we agreed to fight that it's legal. Some people think it's legal. And, um, you know, the mutual combat law, uh, some people think, uh, relieves people of any liability and provides relief if someone tries to sue you. Um, that's a myth, and we're going to be discussing that a little bit later. And uh, it's not a whole Washington thing. <laughs> However, yes. it is legal to mutually beat the shit out of somebody else, and they want to beat the shit out of you when you're participating in MMA, boxing, yeah. Muay Thai, well, kickboxing. You know, combat sports is not even in that. I know. In that. I know. In that I'm thing. So, you know, when it comes to, you know, combat sports, it's not, you know, the mutual combat thing. Um, it's, you know, 
you know, if you're at a bar and someone picks a fight with you or whatever, you know, if you go out to the parking lot and you decide blah, 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 you know. Now, some years ago, I forgot how many years ago, there's a local person. I, I, I don't even know if I want to use the term celebrity because, you know, there's, a, you know, there's this guy. Maybe in his own mind. Well, I don't know. I mean, the guy means well. So let's not oh, diss see. on him when you don't when you don't know who he is. Now there's this guy here in um in the Seattle area and uh, he calls himself Phoenix Jones, and he literally dresses up like a superhero with a bunch of other people, and they patrol the streets. I don't know if this is because of the lack of the guardian angels patrolling the streets. I mean, I remember when I was in the guardian angels, we patrolled the streets like you know every night. Um, and then came the Q patrol and I don't know what happened to the Q patrol. And now, you know, here's this superhero thing. It's a group of people that literally dress like superheroes. You know, and at first I thought it was kind of corny and I thought, you know, they're just asking for trouble. They're asking to get arrested. They're asking for people to mess with them, but you know, uh, or they're vigilantes. Well, wouldn't they say <clears throat> the same thing about the guardian angels? A lot of people did. A lot of people did say that we were a bunch of vigilantes. However, the thing that set apart the guardian angels with vigilantes is that we did not go out with the sole purpose of hunting down people. Okay? That was number one. Number two, we were not allowed to carry weapons. So what was the purpose? The number three, I'm getting to that. Number three, the guardian angels was and still is in many parts um, of – of the United States where the guardian angels still are. It is a volunteer community safety patrol, volunteer community safety patrol. Now this isn't anything like, you know, that guy that, you know, shot that kid. Yeah. I forgot the name of the kid and the guy that went to trial or whatever, but the guy that thought, uh, you know, that he was being a security person and, um, um, and he like called on the right to st- the stand your ground law type of thing is what, you know, the whole thing centered around. But I forgot the name of the guy that shot a kid. Right. Because he thought that, you know, that kid was doing something weird when the kid lived in that particular um, uh, housing thing. Right. Or, I don't know. What housing complex. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Right. So anyway. It's not anything like that where we're going to go around and go, oh, hey, you know, you look like trouble or whatever. Because when I was in the Guardian Angel, if somebody was smoking weed, you know, in a bush or something like that, of course, back then it was illegal. This was like the late 80s. You know, as long as they weren't hurting anybody, we'd say, dude, you know, could you go somewhere? Because if you don't, we're going to have to call the police. And nine times out of 10, they'd go somewhere. Those people, we would not just go, hey, you know, we're going to, you know, put you under citizen's arrest because they're not harming people. Okay. If we got a call that there was like some domestic violence thing and people were getting hit on or something like that, or if there's a fight going on and people are getting hurt or there was, you know, danger of other people getting hurt, that's when we would step in. And it wasn't that we weren't. We had had a call. We had pagers. (laughs) But who would call? What? But who would call you? Someone would call that. No, someone would. Anybody. That we had cards, and it was all over. You know, all over the community in Seattle. You know, we did. I don't know how many speaking engagements I personally did. Um, you know, the the other you know, uh, 
heads of the headquarters did or whatever. We did a lot. And people knew that we were there not as vigilantes, assuming that we educated people. That was our job for the speaking engagements was to educate people, that we weren't just like going around being vigilantes and being like a, you know, Sheriff Buford something, whatever, right? Um, So, but see, there are a lot of people that still think that way. No, I'm just asking. Right. Um, no, I'm just saying there are there are people that think that way, that the guardian angels are a bunch of vigilantes. However, um, anyway, that we're not even talking about the, the guardian angels, but that's kind of what set the guardian angels apart from from vigilantes. Right. So mutual combat laws. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later. So you're you know, you're in a bar someone calls you a name you you know you guys both decide to fight are you guys not going to be arrested depends on where in washington you are and whether or not you actually hurt somebody so we'll talk about that later and that's um it's a that's a doozy it's controversial so we'll talk about that later anyway trayvon martin thank you yes um maddie goes seriously dresses like a superhero cape and everything (laughs) yes Cape and dude, hey, you know, cape and everything. I'm serious. Um, I forgot who he dressed like, but but honestly, these people go out and you know, like I said, at first I thought it was kind of, I thought it was kind of like dumb because they were asking to get hurt. Um, and if you have no fighting experience whatsoever, doesn't matter how much you want to fight crime of your in your area. If you have no fighting experience whatsoever, what are you doing? You know, risking your safety. That was my initial thought, right? Oh, they're just a bunch of vigilantes. They're going to, you know, get themselves hurt and stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. You know, and they're really, you know, and they were really like, yeah, you know, the the right to fight law is what some people call it, you know, and mutual love, mutual combat. Well, you know, from what I've seen and heard from um, lawyers and people that deal with law or whatever, there is actually no law that makes it legal. We will talk about that later. Let's We'll clear that up. And let's get your thoughts on that. Um, anyway, um, Dan goes, I wouldn't trust any laws about mutual combat. Whomever has the best lawyer wins that one. You know, I agree. Um, but you know what, Dan, what I think is going on is that a lot of people um, are taking the old laws from when dueling was still a thing and, um, and um, I guess, interpreting the laws as they stand on the books that never got taken off the books um, and kind of misunderstanding it because there technically is no law against fighting quote unquote, it's just the way it's written, um, which would make people think that, you know, it is legal to fight under, you know, if there's an equal consensus and that the the cops will just stand there and go, do you agree? Do you agree? Let's get it on. You know, <laughs> that's kind of what a lot of people think is going to happen. And, you know, we want to, <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, but we want to get your guys' thoughts on that a little bit later. So anyway, what time is it? It is 6.15. Let's move on. Who do you have for birthdays? It is time for birthdays. Oh, I'm ready Aha. now. Aha. Okay. So, um, Art Aviles. 
He is a wonderful guy. His birthday was yesterday. Sorry, Art. Happy birthday. Uh, did you miss it? I did. Uh, um, Ray Cavalieri. Uh, Aaron Birch. Happy birthday, girl. Oh, Tomorrow. Yeah. I need to look at uh, my birthdays. Whoops. Let me get back in there. TC Roberts. I also have one of my old training partners in Kung Fu Sansu, who um, was really played a large part in, in my development in, in Kung Fu. His name is Mike Lethwich. Um, I don't know how old he's turning today, but it's his birthday in the 21st. And uh, what else was it? Kevin Suggs, another uh, longtime friend and a martial artist. Great guy. I don't know why I can't find my birthday. Uh-oh. How did you find yours? Dan, uh, How did you find yours? Well, I, you know what? When I went to events, it didn't uh-huh. pop up, so I had to type in birthdays. Where? Up here? Yeah. Oh. Type in birthdays. Birth. B I. Birch, 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 birthday. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's so weird. It is weird. That's weird. Okay, so today. It's not populating. Oh, there we go. Today, Tyler Lepard. Tyler. Tyler. Yay. Tyler, who is a fellow Pacific Association of Women's Martial Arts sister, is Yay. having a birthday today. And she is actually asking for donations to Planned Parenthood <gasps> of the of the, the Great Northwest. Um, and um, I think the fundraiser is still on. She raised $560 out of her goal of 500 Yay! Yay! Yay. Um, and I'm trying to see what the other the other birthdays? What the other birthday uh fundraiser was for her. Anyway, let's move on. It's also to it's today it's also Larry Responte's birthday. Um and it's also Adina Davis's birthday today and Jenny Starr's birthday. Let's go down to more birthdays. Let's see, that was two days ago. I don't need birthdays from two days ago. And da, 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 John Casterline's birthday is on January 20th. Uh, Chi-Ching Chu is also having a birthday on the 20th. Uh, AJ Pogue on the 21st. And Kempo Wolf on the 21st. Jen Resnick also on the 21st, along with Lonnie Walker and Howard Heller. On the 23rd, we've got Carrie Rivers, who is a local martial artist, a very skilled martial artist that wins in a lot of tournaments. Um, Also on the 23rd, Diana Skidmore and Travis Tapia. On the 25th, Dan Ross, Joe Lang, and Key Denod are having their birthday. Uh, We uh, we also have on the 25th, Oloye Ifawole Oladeji, my I think I said that wrong, having a birthday on the 25th. Uh, my cousin Bong Ventura also having a birthday on the 25th. Uh, Grandmaster Daryl Sargent, my brother that got me into, well, actually back into radio uh, when I co-hosted for Modern Combat Masters. Grandmaster Daryl Sargent's having his birthday on the 25th along with Hanshi Rick Diaz. And I think that's it. For birthdays from now until the 25th. I think, I think, I think. <laughs> oh, well, I had a few more, but that's okay. Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I, I'm trying to find them now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> go 
go, go, go. Did you find him? 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 I did. I did. I did. Okay. I did. I found him. Can't miss out these people. They are so cool. Um, uh, where the heck they go? So, so see all. There you go. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And, okay. So, um, I said T.C. Roberts, didn't I? Yes. Mike Lepwich, yes. Good. Now, the others, Kevin Suggs, um, you said Dan Ross already, David Beebe, who is going to be, um, should kickboxing become accepted as an Olympic sport, he will be one of the competitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, super cool kid. Lori Hallmark. Ah, oh, yay. And I just didn't want to miss her. And that's it. All right. For that time. Very cool. Well, for everybody's birthday, here's some birthday mariachi music for you. Hola. Yeah. It's your birthday. We're here to party and sing to you. He's from me. Hope you are bueno. The fun will rain the whole day through. From the Gulf to the mountains, the city lights and fountains, we hope your birthday is excellent. You are another year older So perhaps you should be generally awesome Cause today is your day Hola You deserve a grand fiesta And later on fiesta And the best of everything señor All right I always want to have a margarita when I hear that. Happy birthday, everyone. Make it a great birthday week. All right. Announcements. Um, I don't have any announcements that came through my ticker. However, I think Kathy wants to talk a little bit about the Action Martial Arts Mega Weekend coming up Which this is weekend. Next weekend. Woo! Next weekend. There's going to be at least 30-some celebrities there, but then, like Alan would say, everybody's a celebrity there, which is really cool because there's going to be not only uh, everyone setting up their booths and selling their wares, there's going to be all kinds of tournaments going on, demonstrations going on, there will be seminars going on, and, of course, the big banquet ceremony, which is really super badass fun um, and kind of long, but, (laughs) you know... (laughs) You know, you know, you know, you know, peeps getting their, getting their awards. God bless them. Yes. Um, But it's just a fun time. You, know, you really should invest the money to go one of these years. Uh, the Tropicana itself is ginormous. I know that's a word. Yes. <laughs> it is a yes. word and it is true. It's other than it's, logisticated. It's always, <laughs> right. Logisticated, it is ginormous. In its, in its Two made up words. <laughs> Two made up words. And it's logistication. Right. Yes. So, so it's yes, huge. it's uh, this weekend, the tw- it's uh, 24th, 5th, and 6th, 3rd, 24th, 25th, 26th. Yes. At the Tropicana Hotel in, in, um, New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. New yes. Jersey. Yes. Yeah, it's super awesome, badass fun. Uh, What's the name of the city again? Um, Atlantic City. Atlantic City. Yes. It's going to be my first time going to Atlantic City because I've never been there. I've been all over the East Coast, but not Atlantic City. Go figure, right? Go figure. So it'll be fun. 
So, yay! And Janie Lorcan Miser will be there. Yay! Yes, she will. will be meeting that'll, us I there. Think that'll be her first time as well. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. It'll be cool. Oops. Volume down. Take the volume down. Oh, that's what I need to do on mine volume in case down. I need to uh, do that. Hold on. Let me get the. What's in your everyday carry collection? Well, we're going to uh, we're going to discuss that here in a little bit, um, cause we still have to do the health news, I believe. Don't we have weird news? Health news comes first. So health news. Women martial artists meeting, meeting, board meeting, and that's when I usually get most of my stuff together and stuff. And I thought, oh hey, we've got time for the meeting and get your stuff together. And I didn't get my stuff together. <laughs> so let me uh, let me She's find getting it a... together right now, folks. I am as we speak. Uh oh. Front row. Front row. Oh, there we go. I, I'm like, where did it go? Where did it go? All right. In fact, I'm going to pull it up right here, right now. Okay. So, health news. This is um, in regards to um, new foods that you're going to be seeing a little bit more um, in 2020, apparently. According new to- foods? Yeah. Well, new hmm, – how do I put this? New – food not types I, I don't want to say new food types but more like I guess new fads <laughs> new food combinations new food fads I guess mm. that you guys might be might be looking at okay okay so here we go um here's a peek at some of what you might want to try in 2020 and trendy or not, it's still important to read the labels to see how these foods fit into your overall eating plan, whether it's a treat or a daily choice. So here we go. Let's take a look at these. Okay. Number one, unique white sugar swaps. Hmm. Sugar swap. Yeah. Now a product called just date syrup and just pomegranate, pomegranate syrup, are liquid sugars made from dates and pomegranates. These fruit-based liquid sweeteners have the same calories as sugar, however, with a fruitier taste. They're, uh, they're not a swap for baking, but give a more complex taste. And when a taste is more intense, it's easier to use less. Um, now, for low-calorie cal- sweeteners, there is something called monk fruit or lohanguo. And it's a non-calorie sweetener made from a small round fruit that's uh, usually grown in the mountainous regions of Southeast Asia called the uh, the Lakanto. Oh, wait, no, hold on. Or it's known as the monk fruit. It is said to be named after the Buddhist monks who grew this fruit hundreds of years ago. It's available as a powder or a liquid in brands like Lakanto brand, Allulose brand. Um, or Psycho's brand. It's a rare sugar found naturally only in a few fruits like jackfruit, 
figs and raisins. It's a low-calorie sweetener with about, with about 90% fewer calories and white sugar. Its composition is like sugar but rearranged, so the body doesn't, uh, simply doesn't absorb the calories in that form. Recently produced on a larger scale as a fruiting, food ingredient, it's available by a brand called Wholesome, and it's non-GMO, gluten-free, and a vegan product. Um, another type of sweetener is called erythritol, and it's a type of sugar alcohol found in some fruits and fermented foods. It has more than 90% fewer calories than white sugar, and it's available in granular form in such brands called Swerve. That's Swerve brand erythritol. All right, number two, crazy not nut butters. <laughs> so if you're looking for a nut butter alternative, you know, like some people do, uh, you know, peanut butter, almond butter, that kind of thing. Um, a brand called 88 Acres has two you want to try. Roasted watermelon seed butter and wow. pumpkin seed butter. Wow. Yeah, right? Okay. I mean, yeah. I've had... I've had um, uh, almond butter. I've had sunflower seed butter, which is amazing, by the way. But roasted watermelon seed butter and pumpkin seed butter. Now, these are both made from the soft material um, between the two hard seed shells. Uh, it's a bit thinner than other nut butters, and um, they're a tasty option with only three ingredients, the seeds, Sunflower oil and a little bit of sea salt. That's nice. it. Pretty natural, no preservatives, right? Well, not too long ago, I think we tried um, dark chocolate almond butter. Dark, dark chocolate almond butter. And I have some sunflower seed butter up there still. So amazing. It's pretty amazing. Okay, number three in the, in the uh, kind of new, new food fads, I guess, to look for in 2020. Number three is rainbow potatoes. Potatoes often get a bad rap, but not in 2020, apparently. You'll start to see more potatoes in all shapes and sizes and, uh, and colors in healthy recipes and, and restaurants. They're, fun and, they're a fun and healthy way to get vitamins, minerals, and fiber, along with some satisfying nature-made carbs. Whether you choose sweet potatoes, yams, purple yams, Yukon Gold, Red Bliss, or blue purple potatoes, you can't go wrong. You, a company you want to check out is called the Little Potato Company, and it sells potatoes the size of a large marble in several colors. A large marble. Now, these are not small or baby potatoes, but fully mature, what they call creamer potatoes. So check it out, the Little Potato Company. So can you imagine buying a bag of marble-sized potatoes? I bet that doesn't that doesn't take long to cook up, yeah? I bet it doesn't. Okay. Number four, blended meats. Now hold on. <laughs> just just hold on. You know, when I first read this, I thought, oh my God, they're gonna make something like chicken and pork together, and it's gonna be kind of gross. I thought, but actually, um. What it is, is it's kind of a mix between plant-based and animal-based proteins. So if you enjoy both plant-based and animal-based proteins, you can try blended meats because they're now on the market. These new blends help cut back meat consumption by adding vegetables. Beef and mushroom combos are popular, as well as meat and vegetable sausage and chicken and vegetable, vegetable combinations. Um, these are available from large companies like Purdue and Tyson. And there are also... Smaller companies, such as Misfit Foods, and I thought I had a graphic 
of some of this stuff. Like there was like a like a like a chicken and kale sausage or whatever. So, but anyway, you can look up Misfit Foods for blended meats and vegetables. Um, lastly, number five for uh, for food fads for 2020, oats as the new dairy. No plant product has a natural nutrient richness of dairy products, but when it comes to taste, oat products are expanding this category. While there are a variety of plant-based milk-like drinks, oat milk has taken the lead because it's not only lactose, dairy, nut, and soy-free, but it also has a great creamy taste and a boost of heart-healthy fiber. And while it's not a nutritional swap for oatmeal, it is also fortified with calcium and vitamin D. Oat products have expanded to include oat milk yogurt um, in such brands such as Halsa, Silk Oat, Silk Oat Yeah. That's what it's called. Okay. And Oatly's Oat Gert. One of the biggest surprises is the great taste of oat milk ice cream, a frozen non-dairy dessert. Brands like Oatly and So Delicious are readily available in supermarkets, while some artisan ice cream makers like Van Leeuwen have entered the market. So if you're looking for a dairy alternative, think oats. And there we go. And that article comes to us from Madeline Fernstrom, Ph.D., and uh, she is the uh, health editor at NBC News. So there we go. There you have it. There you have it, health news. All right. Now, what time is it? It is 6.33. We're running just a little bit behind, folks. But that's okay. Um, Where's our weird news? Let's see here. Weird news. There it is. I weirdness found it. of the week. The weirdness of the week. I just got to, like, uh, pop it up there. Yeah. Okay, so weird news of the week. All right. So, by the way, Janie says, I'll take my meat unblended, please. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, this comes to us uh, uh, from a story. On uh, UPI, January 17th, a Michigan man who noticed something amiss about the couch he bought from a thrift store found more than $40,000 stashed stashed inside one of those cushions. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Howard Kirby. Why couldn't have we done that? I know, right? But I looked at the picture. It would have been a it would have been a couch that we would never have brought into this house, because <laughs> it would have like flowers and pink and this and that. Howard Kirby said he bought the couch from Habitat for Humanity Restore in Owosso, Michigan, and used it in his man cave for a few weeks before deciding to investigate why the foot cushion was so unusually firm. So Kirby's daughter-in-law opened up the cushion and discovered bundles of cash. Totaling forty three thousand one hundred and seventy three bucks. Damn. Kirby said that a lawyer told him that he would be within his rights to keep the cash, but he decided to contact the store to see if they could identify the store's uh, the couch's original owner. And it's found that the money was uh, presented Thursday to a family member. Of the person that owned it. The money was presented to Kim Foth Newberry, who who recently um, uh, found that uh, her grandfather had passed. Um, And the grandfather was the original owner of the furniture. 
and she said her family had no idea he had such a large amount of cash stashed away in a cushion, cushion cash, of all things, right? Go figure. Now, Kim Faith Falk Newberry said the story almost had a very different ending. Her family had considered had considered burning the couch if they couldn't find a thrift store to accept it. Wow. So there you go. Not quite weird. I mean, it's kind of, you know, kind of uh, cool. It is kind of cool. And what's cool is that the guy that found the money made the decision to contact the original owner because he knew it was a donated couch and gave the money to the family. How cool is that? Most people would have just kept the money, yeah? So, yeah. And uh, looks like Steve Herlinger is going to be shopping. <laughs> at, Time to shop Habit for Humanity. Yeah, he's, he looks like he's going to be shopping at Habitat for Humanity <laughs> and feeling all the couch cushions, <laughs> right? He's like, is this one hard? Is this one, you know, is this, is one, this a one lumpy? One? Is this one lumpy? I'm going for it. Because I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it for five bucks and, <laughs> and hope that it's got like a million bucks in it, right? So anyway, phew. <laughs> all right. So. Let's do this. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. And we, when we come back, let's start our discussions on what's in your everyday carry. Empty your pockets. Let's see it. So if you want to join us here um, on the uh, uh, on webcam to show us what's in your pockets, you know, your knives, your firearms, whatever, um, I'm going to post the link in the comments below, you know, during the break. And all you need is a is your laptop or your or your mobile device that has a webcam on it or what have you, or you can give us a call at 347-677-0699. And when you call, you will get this very nice English lady voice telling you to uh, please press one and you will be placed in the caller queue. So please press one. Otherwise we're not going to see you. See, we've had that before where it clearly says, Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please press 1 in order to be added to the queue. And uh, when you press 1, it will say, your call has been added to the queue. Please stand by. And people don't hear that? And then I get yelled at for not answering their call? Come on, folks. Please press 1. Can you work with us here? <laughs> so if you and call you'll be us. added to the queue. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, and then here we go. And then and Maddie goes, I would have kept the money. Well, you know, a lawyer did say that he was within his rights to keep yeah. the money. But I guess somebody just wanted to do the right thing. It had to belong to somebody, right? Um, many, many times, yeah. though, when people donate things to, to a thrift store, they don't tell you their name and address and all that stuff. Yeah. Unless unless you arrange to have the thrift store come and pick it up. Yeah. And that's probably how you how Yeah, how they to, found how out. they were able to locate the, yeah. the owners. Yeah. You know, or Habitat for Humanity also, you know, that counted as a tax deductible donation. Right. So they need a name. Right. Right. Like McClendon's, for example, we donate all our um uh damaged paint cans mm -hmm. to Habitat for Humanity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And along with a bunch of other things. Yeah. So, you know, whereas he would have been legally, you know, able to keep the money, you know, I'm impressed that he had the, you know, presence of mind to think compassionately instead of greedily, you know, sorry, Matt, that's just what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you know, it's, it's, what if there was no way of, of locating well, then, the owner? Then you well, just like keep said, the money. Then you just keep the money, right? But, you know, 
if you make no thought of it, just go, oh, wow, I just got a 40,000 bucks, score, score, well, then that is a little, you know, so it tells me a lot about Mr. Kirby, about his, you know, about his personality and tells me a lot about his mode of thinking, so it tells me a lot about, (laughs) tells me a lot about people, (laughs) so anyway, come on now, would you have kept the money? You know, I would have said this has to belong to somebody. I would have. Now it does. It have does. To belong to somebody. I the first thing I would have done was contact the lawyer. Right. Uh, that's the first thing because if the money had been stolen and is still part of an open investigation, right. And I'm spending that money. What if it was a sting? What if you see what I'm saying? You know, I don't want to get my ass thrown well, in jail. Let's say, let's say, you know, we're we're. Uh, doing some digging in the backyard and we're planting a few things with permission of the landlords, of course. And we come across a box of money. Um, I'd still call a lawyer because, you know, D.B. Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) Call the landlord? Or not call the landlord. I'd call the police and the landlord because, you know, D.B. Cooper. You know, and know Maddie goes, is. I'm greedy and selfish, so I won't deny it, Sifu. Well, <laughs> at least you don't deny it, but it does tell me a lot about your personality. <laughs> that's I, a hard one because, you know, hard I, one. I have found money on the ground and I have not walked around trying to find the person. Who well, I mean, you know, if I, somebody I that. if somebody drops a dollar or five no, we're talking bucks, 20 bucks, 50 <clears> bucks. You know, fifty dollar bill. You know, sorry if you know uh, if I'm walking through the park or something and I find something like half buried or whatever, I'm gonna assume that somebody dropped it and they're long gone. Yeah, I'm gonna put it in my pocket. But if I'm gonna find like a stash of like forty thousand bucks, you know, like in a bucket or something, right, it. or in a cushion, all right. I'm gonna get kind of weirded out by it because it's kind of like, okay, I've got all this money. But it's all in the same place, and it's hidden for a reason. In this case, yeah. it was hidden, and it's hidden for a reason. Right, it's hidden. Did for someone a reason. get killed? You know, you know, was some did that person get killed because somebody wanted that money and they didn't find it? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Are they gonna come after me? It's gonna sound it's gonna sound weird, but in my head, situations like that make me think of just like B-rated detective flicks, and I don't, and I I don't want to be in that movie. I gotta say, when I was eight years old. <laughs> I came and I'm I'm not kidding. I came across in a in a field a pile of money. It mm. wasn't paper money, it was all coins. Wow. All silver coins. Like real silver. Wow. Coins. I didn't know at the kid cuz I'm 8 years old. I don't know the difference between a silver coin and a regular coin. Uh-huh. But all I know is I came upon a pile of money. It was a treasure. <laughs> and being dirt poor, I scooped up my sister, my twin sister, and I said, let's go to the store. <laughs> but we brought some of it back, uh-huh. you know, because we didn't spend all of it. And I, right. I brought some of it back and I showed my mom and she was able, I don't know how, I think she, because you know, there's no internet when I was eight years old, but she was able to determine that these were all silver coins and worth a lot of money. Ah. Yeah. So whatever was left of the money that we spent, gone. Janie, <laughs> Janie, Janie writes, flower couches covered, covered in plastic belong in grandma's house. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. actually, you know, I had a flower couch for the longest time, you know, in, uh, in my family home. And when I moved out, um, 
you know, I had a regular couch and stuff, but when I moved back home to moved in, to move into the bottom, bottom floor, uh, uh, apartment, because uh, my parents had refurbished the house, um, the flowered couches went downstairs, and the solid colored couches went upstairs. So guess who had the flower cu- couches? Me, right? Yep. So I had to put them somewhere else in the apartment, like in my room, as like extra seating, while I put the solid, <laughs> my solid couches <laughs> up, so I didn't look like I was a grandma, right? So anyway, Janie earlier had said, you know, if you give the money to the police, if there's nothing legally yeah, wrong and will. no one has claimed it, they will give it back to you. So, and of course, during that whole time, I'd be praying, please don't have somebody claim it. Please don't please. have somebody claim it. Please, you know, because, yeah, I mean, $40,000, I could get my ass out of debt. Would I be tempted to to keep it? Yes, I would. I'm not going to deny that. However, I am impressed that Mr. Kirby did the right thing and looked for you know, whatever family, because, you know, you don't know, you're probably taking $40,000 that were willed to you somebody know, and right. somebody, you know, and, and they forgot to mention in the will that it was in the couch. Yeah. Because, yeah. And they forgot to mention <laughs> right. it or they mentioned it. And now the family's trying to track down where the couch is and this and that. And you just took someone's inheritance. Oh, what kind of greedy fuck suck. face would do that? You know, but anyway, so <laughs> sorry. Wait a minute. It just, <laughs> you know, I just, I don't know. Okay, I just have this thing about, you know, like ultimate greedy, selfish people, you know, the self-absorbed, it's only about me type of thing that only look out for themselves. And, you know, what what we call the crabs climbing out of the bucket thing, you know, those people. The crabs crawling out yeah, of the bucket? Yeah, there's a, there, there's some, you know, example that uh, Filipinos tend to, tend to use a lot about each other because they say sometimes that Fili- Filipinos, if you, if you give a, you know, um, if there's a prize to be won or something valuable to be gained or something like that, sometimes depending on the Filipinos, right? Especially males, <laughs> they will do anything and everything in their power to just, to, to, it's like crabs crawling out of a bucket. If one wants to get out, they're stepping on everybody else's faces to I do it. it. I get it. Right? I get it. And that's kind of like the selfish part, right? Now, for the most part, most Filipinos are very hospitable, very kind and stuff. But boy, I tell you what, you know, being Filipino and meeting some of these greedy Filipinos, they're fucking greedy. Pardon my French. And they will step on your face and they will be two-faced. I hate to say it, but white families are a lot like that too. Well, I mean, that, you know, I've met a lot of families are like that. Yeah, they are. All, you know, but, it's just a, it's yeah. just an example that you know yes. we tend to use. But you know, I've, I've met you a lot it. of two-faced people and people that do not stop at nothing to get to the top, and you know, and even like diss their own diss their own family members to get that coveted position at a company or something like that. And um, it just makes me want to take this pen. <laughs> And jam it in their eye. Yes, and to get and, and to get chased at by those street vigilantes because I'm going around <laughs> causing harm, right? Okay, let's. Go. <laughs> we were supposed to take a break five minutes ago. Let's take hey, a break. Tina Fuller's watching. Hi Tina. Hi, Hi Tina. Tina. Cecil Peoples. Cecil Peoples is watching too. Awesome. So let's do this. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what's in your ED, what's in your everyday carry. What are the requirements for black belt in your school? And hopefully if there's time, we're going to talk a little bit about mutual combat. 
laws. So there you go. All right. So let's go ahead and take a break. Where's my break? There it is. All right. Break time. Break time. I think. Trying to find it. (laughs) And we're waiting. And we're waiting. What's going on? Break time. Play. So, I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just pop some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how, and we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids need to know the dangers and how to avoid them. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids, because when you talk, they hear you. Packers. Vikings. We come from different places. Uptown. Downtown. We come to different conclusions. Half empty. Half full. But when we live united, we make a real difference in the building blocks of life. Children succeed in school. Families gain financial stability. The health of our neighbors improves, and suddenly so do our communities. Real change won't happen without you. Live United. So give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Sign up today at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Greetings and welcome to the world's first and only Martial Arts History Museum. My name is Michael Matsuda. I'm founder and president of the museum. Designed as an educational facility, the museum is a fun place for young people and visitors to experience art, history, culture, and tradition and its relationship to the martial arts. Created as a timeline, it reveals how Asian history has had a unique and positive effect on American history. In just under an hour, visitors will be able to explore the culture and tradition of China, Japan, Korea, the Philippines, Thailand, and even Hawaii. You will be impressed with our section on the history of anime and the role Walt Disney played in changing the world. In our media section, visitors will enjoy reliving their past as they examine our historical timeline of martial arts in film, TV, and print. And as a bonus, visitors will get a thrill from our props from a variety of martial arts movies, including The Karate Kid, Kung Pao Movie, Revenge of the Ninja, Wendy Wu, Big Trouble in Little China, and many more. From Anna Mae Wong to President Theodore Roosevelt, to Bruce Lee to Avatar The Last Airbender and The Ninja Turtles, the martial arts has not only transformed American history, but it changed the world. The museum is a fun and exciting place to visit for the whole family. All the displays here were designed by the artists from Disney, DreamWorks, The Simpsons, and Halloween artists. If you are part of the Unified School District, head up a homeschool, boys and girls club, the Boy Scouts, or even church groups, your kids will have a fun time experiencing different cultures and Asian history. I know that there are many great museums out there for our kids to enjoy and explore. 
Now you can put the Martial Arts History Museum on that list of places to visit. You're tuned in to Dynamic Dojo Talk TV with, with Rusty and Ken. Your source for martial arts talk right here on Facebook Live Video. All right, and we are back, <laughs> I think. Yes, we are back. And <laughs> Tina Fuller goes, hey, ladies, I came on just as Rosita said, fuck, fuck face. She comes on and she goes, hey, fuck face. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Sorry, Tina. Sorry, Tina. You're not a fuck face. <laughs> definitely you are not. You're not. Okay. That's funny. So, just for a few minutes, what is in your everyday carry? What do you carry around with you all the time? You know, just for fun, right? I mean, um, I remember on Facebook some years ago, there was a thread that was started by, you know, some guy on an EDC uh, Facebook uh, Facebook page, and we just posted pictures of what we carried around every day or that day or mostly, you, you know, every day. So just for shits and giggles, Kat and I are going to show a little bit of what we carry and just go ahead and write down, you know, what you carry below. It's too bad that we can't post pictures on, um, that you guys can't post pictures in the comments. That kind of sucks. Uh, but if you want to join us via your uh, webcam, you know, please do. All right, so this is what I carry with me, my phone, which actually has the show on it. Isn't that weird? It's weird when I do this, when I um, actually... I have my phone, too. So there's there's <laughs> us. There's us on the show. Right there on the show. Yeah. Um, so like my phone, um, headset. Uh, depends. It depends on the day. This is my uh, my wireless my wireless earbuds, I can't get them out of there. I think they need charging. These are my wireless earbuds. No, I have my wireless ones earbuds. too, but I didn't uh, pull them out of my bag. So I have those. Um, I've got a neti stick, which is a decongestant. It's just... Um, so wait a minute. I thought you were talking about weapons. Huh? I thought you were talking about well, weapons. Well, that's part of it. What's in your EDC? I'm getting to the weapons part. Oh. Yeah. I thought you were just talking about weapons. No, because I, I'm not just gonna, you know, well, go I, around carrying. I didn't just, get like, a chance to get all the stuff out of my bag. Oh, we'll go. Oh, <laughs> we'll go. All right, I will. Nitty stick. Just usual stuff. I just emptied my pockets. Lip balm. Um, knife. And it changes every day. Every day I, I go through different knives. Um, this is my this is my Kershaw. This is my Kershaw spring assisted. Um, that's what I've been carrying for the last two days. Um, and I just you know I just go around and and um, uh, wait is this this is Kath is this her Kershaw? Yeah, this is his. This is her little Kershaw, and I also have spider codes and karambits and all sorts of stuff and blah blah blah. Uh, my wallet. I'm very big on small. I'm big on small wallets. So this is my wallet. Little, you know. I'm a minimalist when it comes to stuff like that. So just a, you know. I mean, it's it's a it's a fair amount of cards, but the wallet is only that big, right? Okay, what else do I carry with me? A worry coin. 
Now this is actually is this is made out of stainless steel and it's got a nice divot in it. And rather than jangle change in my pocket, I use this. And uh, I use it kind of like a contact juggling kind of a coin type of thing. You can spin it on your middle finger. I can't show you guys, but. Anyway, there's all sorts of stuff that you can do with this. I'm still working on trying to roll it, uh, roll it in my uh, knuckles or whatever because it's really thick. Cat can do it. Yes, I can. Here, show them over here. Oh, uh, hold on. I have to take my ring off. Okay. But you got to show them over there. I will. <laughs> She's got the skills. This one's really, no, really heavy, and I keep dropping it on my foot. It's better with a coin. Oh, you like. can use the. My lucky coin. This lucky coin. You got to get right in. Right in here. Wow. Do it again. <laughs> I'm trying to. Ages ago, I dated a close-up magician. Anyway, <laughs> hard to do with this heavy coin. As you break my glass table. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to do that. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> so, yeah, never mind. Things that I carry... Oh, wait, I got a couple more. Aww. I got a couple of Big Larry. So I got this one. And this one, believe it or not, uh, Rick Kellerman, are you watching? This one is called the Skill Pill. And it comes apart. And for those of you that don't know what a Big Larry is, it's pretty much just, just another fidget thing. And you can, like, swing it around and do tricks and stuff like that and wrap it around your finger and do release moves and stuff like that. Some people call them knuckle chucks, but I like this one because once you, once you bring them together, you can put them in your pocket just like that. And they don't come apart. You can wear it as a bracelet. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and my lucky, cool. my lucky guardian angel coin was the one that uh cat was, uh, yeah. And I can't, I'm getting, whoops. I was almost there. <laughs> I was, I need to work on that because, um, yeah, my, whatever. <laughs> so that's my EDC. But with this, it depends. I also carry, oh, I, I also have a tactical pen, yeah, which I don't do. have here. Yeah, um, I don't have one here either, but. Not here on my pen, desk. Any kind of pen really is a tactical pen. Yeah, I love my yeah. tactical pen. Um, I used to carry around uh, uh, Dr. Kelly Warden's travel wrench also. Um, but nowadays I'm carrying around, uh, carrying around the, uh, that's her fidget toy. This is my fidget toy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can't, I can't do that around kids. No, but <laughs> anyway. So anyway, I could, I can do Beg Larry stuff and kids go, Oh, what's that? Right. And I go, Oh, it's, um, you know, so I might have to make some for some kids. So anyway, so that's that. So, All right. So now let's talk a little bit about. Let's talk a little bit about so knives. I went and got my stuff, and you didn't even let me. Show oh yeah, I let's show it. Miss. Well, go. Let's miss. see. Sorry. <laughs> Tactical flashlight. Badass. Show now, it to us. The really cool thing about this one is that the when I went to France to te work with the French police, they gave me this really awesome tactical flashlight, and it's uber bright. Yeah, she so like she yeah. said, look at this. Ah, burnt out my retinas. <laughs> Did not. Well, yeah. It's got the clip on it. It's got the the curved the little edges here, which I've used actually. And um, I call them DNA catchers. DNA catchers. Yes, it's badass little. I like the way flashlight. it's. I like the way it's shaped. Yeah, me too. I like the way. I like how like, say your 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 
this little divot here yeah is where your index finger can go yes so now you have both sides so you've got like the little uh you got the little quote unquote lanyard holes we're going to call them lanyard holes okay <laughs> we'll call them lanyard we'll holes we'll call them lanyard yeah, holes for now that'll right? work <laughs> lanyard but holes i like how the that's perfect isn't it i like that and what's the what's the brand on this phoenix ld20 i'm gonna look at that on on amazon because <laughs> I, I want one yeah so um anyway french police gave me this when i was working with them this is uh what i've adopted from rusty my minimalist wallet i love this wallet too yeah she gave me this one you know what yes. i you know yeah. what i like about this wallet is that you don't have to like take the take the band off or whatever you just pull on the you just pull on the tab zing and then your cards come up enough so that way you can flip through them and then just push them back in and uh, you can keep your cash in there and because i just it, I'm, uh, I'm one of those weirdos that collects wallets i don't i don't collect purses or shoes like you know well, i collected watches and really nice pens yeah really nice pens yeah so Some fountain pens and this little guy is made of a nice. composite, and it's um, pointed at each end. It's a little uh, it is ridiculously light, and I oftentimes, when I'm feeling uncomfortable in situations, I will have this in my hand, in my pocket. I want one. Okay. Where'd you get this? Kevin made it for me. Kevin Mad Dog McClung, who makes Mad Dog Knives, made that for me, and mm. he makes knives... That will literally cut through a car door and work faster than a Jaws of Life. Is this made out of Delrin? No, uh, it's a composite of some sort, like a glass composite. Oh, is it? But um, it is because it's it's light and it's and it's but it's like dense. Light. It's dense. So yes, it's really cool. And um, he made that for me right in front of me. Wow, look at that. That's cool. Yeah. That's a serious Kubaton. It's light, well, but it's dense. Not only do I have this, but I also have um, a nightstick made out of this stuff. Yeah, it's really badass. So anyway, this is my personal carry stuff. This I have on me at all times, besides yes. my phone and my keys. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yes, at all times. So what kind of nice do you carry? So Janie wrote in, and she goes, oh, I lost. What happened? I lost my uh row. I lost my camera. Oh, here we go. Um, Janie writes in and she says, I carry my wallet in my back pocket, my work and personal phone, my pocket knife and my keys on my Wonder Woman lanyard, <laughs> and also my karambit concealed. Depending on if I depending if I go into the city, I I open carry my 357 snub, my pocket knife, and use my lanyard as my get back whip. In my truck, I have the get back whip that Rusty made me and my Boken. Yes. Yay. I have a, I have a um, telescopic, uh, telescopic baton in my uh, driver's side pocket. Um, and um, my keychain is kind of a get back whip. I made a paracord um, lanyard for it that kind of acts as a get back whip with the keys. So. There we go. There you go. This is my idea of dry fire. <laughs> and you're not going to fuck up anything when you no, do I'm it. <laughs> Maddie goes, I need one of those. Can keep uh, telling me I'm going to get one, but I'm not, never going to get one of those torches. Well, you know, this particular torch, Maddie, Which? I want 
one of these. What is Phoenix LD20? And this is F-E-N-I-X LD20. Fini. Fini. Yeah. Um, it's French. Well, yeah. Yeah. But you know, I'm sure you. I'm sure you'll find it. Well, wait problem. a minute. Don't, don't they? Don't they? Uh, the they they don't uh, pronounce the X. Oh no, they don't. Like faux. No, it has to sound pretty. Yeah. But I'm just going to say Phoenix, so that way everyone knows how to spell it. F-E-F-E-N-I-X. So, there you go. Yeah. So, what brand knives do you carry out there? Oh, and J.D. goes, and I've got a flashlight with a taser. <laughs> Can you imagine? Hell yeah. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Flashlight with a taser? Wait, wait, wait. That's badass. It'll be like this. It'll be like, all right, get back. Get back. <laughs> 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 Get back. All right, so what do you all carry? <laughs> yes, I have cool toys. <laughs> um, Nathan goes, I have a Kubaton too, Kathy. I got it from one of Gary Dill's students. Nice. Yay. Yay. Now let's put your cool toy away here. Other way. Oh. You know, when I put my stuff in here, I normally don't put it in. For me, I don't put it in that way because I put everything in my backpack this way. And yeah. I'm so I'm so um, paranoid. I'm going to, like, turn it on. And yeah, but, you know, if you just clip it here, it just oh, close it that okay. way. But I've never had a problem with it turning cool. on accidentally. You know, I like my dry fire also. <laughs> yeah, it's freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So... Ready, set, and go. <laughs> oh, that is a Kershaw, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I have my uh, bigger Kershaw, but this one just fits really well in my hand. Yes. So, the, you know, you can't really tell I have it in my hand, but that's the best part. And if I really want to use it as a as a weighted object, <laughs> if I decide to punch somebody, not that I would, but it's it's perfect. Not that. that I would. If I were to punch somebody, not, not that, that I, I would. would. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so Truthfully, funky. I wouldn't because punching somebody in the face is like punching a bowling ball. Why would I do that? Yeah. A palm claw in the face. Yep. Steve goes, that's a bright light. It is. I, yeah, just, it's a very bright I, light. I just like saw the uh, playback. Oh, you did? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> uh, you, you were flashing it on there and I was like, oh, okay, I got to look away. <laughs> All right, so so uh, we're going to make this, what do you have in your pocket, an ongoing thing. So what do you carry for a knife? What do you carry? Do you carry, if you carry a firearm, you know, what are you carrying? Where do you carry it? Um, and other stuff that you, you know, have in your pockets. Like, you know, because see, martial arts, you know, martial arts is about, you know, like carry stuff that's going to be useful to you. However, I'm also a firm believer in, you know, carry stuff that, other stuff that is useful to you, to your well-being. That's why I've got this thing. Right. I tend to fidget a lot in my pockets, and it used to drive my business partner Cheryl absolutely nuts. I go ching 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 ching, and she'd be like, "Oh my God, would you stop?" Right. Something else I keep in my bag, not necessarily in my pocket, but in my bag, is a first aid kit. Mm-hmm. I yeah. do too. Yeah. Not a not a big one, but no. I carry a I but carry one a small one. One that will work. You know, stuff like this that I do, like, you know, the 
Yeah, but they can't it see it. So you gotta show them. I know, but I can't do it up here. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, I'll try. But an overhead, an overhead is easier. But anyway, you know, you gotta make sure the camera sees it. Right here. Yeah. Okay. But they're not gonna be able to see that that it's actually rotating on my. Yeah, they can see it. Yeah. So, but you know. Stuff like that. I'm not a coin magician, so if anyone out there is a coin magician, let's not let's not go over my technique because that's not the point. The point is, is I have something I can fidget with, and it's heavy. I've got something that I can fidget with. <laughs> I've got something that I can fidget with, and that's still in my in my head. It's still a you know a, a martial art thing because it's for my well being. So that kind of thing. Can you do it? Oh, it's over here. Of course okay. I can. And how long did it take you to do that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, because I was dating a close-up magician, you know, he showed me all kinds of card tricks and coins. You, and you stuff just had and, to, like, figure it out? Yeah. I mean, he showed me once or twice, and then I just practiced a lot. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. So just like anything else, folks. Practice you have to practice perfect. a lot. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, if anyone wants to call us, three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. Let's move on to the next subject, real quick. Requirements for black belt. What are the requirements for black belt at your school? We we are we are curious. What are the requirements for black belt at your dojo or dojang? Goldie Mac. Write it down below. Write it down, Doc Holiday. Yeah. Now, if I could get her to do that with poker chips, that would be cool. I can. <laughs> yeah. I can do it with poker well, chips. Well, I don't have any poker chips. That's okay. Yeah. We can play poker sometime, though. I'm game for that. But I I don't like gambling for money because... No, yeah, no. silly. But Favors. I can play poker. I can <laughs> play poker. But poker I'd much rather play Yahtzee. I haven't played that in so long. I don't remember how. <laughs> I'd much rather play Yahtzee. <laughs> we'll have to do that sometime. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me see here. Um, I want to update. This here we go. Quick. I have a nice tactical knife in my car as well as a tactical flashlight, police issue pepper spray, and spring-loaded baton, Who wrote which I this? carry in my pocket. Who's writing this? Nathan. Okay. Read it again. <clears throat> okay. I have a nice tactical knife in my car, as well as a tactical flashlight, police issue pepper spray, and a spring-loaded baton, so do I, in my car, <clears throat> which I carry in my pocket sometimes. I have multiple ink pens, a coupon, my keychain, wallet, phone, half of frame ring. Hall of Fame ring. Hall of Fame ring. Hall of Fame ring, if I could speak English at all, which is great to bash people on the head with as it is huge, and of course, my charm and good looks, which is really all I need. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie says, I'm down for cards next weekend. Ooh, I am not going to gamble. No. Yahtzee. <laughs> huh? Yahtzee. Oh, dude. yeah. She's not talking about gambling. Yeah. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I mean, the the most I'll ever do for gambling is, is you know, the one-armed bandit because it's safe. It's the last luck. time I gambled, which was back in 1998. That was the last time I gambled. I was given nine $1 coins 
because the people that I was with, the uh, members at Century Martial Arts Supply, they were gambling at a dollar slot machines. So they decided to go up to the $5 slot machines and they handed me nine $1 coins. And so I thought, what the heck? They gave me nine bucks. I put in three. I won $300. I cashed it out, stuffed it in my pocket. It was good. <laughs> That's the last time I gambled. Yeah, you know, I mean, slot machines, I've, I've, I've won, like, you know, jackpots on the penny slots or whatever, you know. And I'm like, hey, you know, 500 bucks, I'm going to buy everyone their buffet dinner or whatever. There you go. But, you know, that doesn't involve, like, dealing with other people and dealing with, you know, like, serious money. And, the, you know, I mean, well, at least with the one arm bandit, you know, you're shoving in quarters or nickels or dimes or whatever. But, you know, if you're going to, you know, put in chips and you've got like a hundred thousand dollars laying on the table based can't on like, you know, three or five cards or whatever. I can't do it. I can't. can't it. I can't. You know, I don't. <sighs> and I don't see how people can't help themselves when they're gambling and they don't see that. That you know that that pile of chips means your house, or that pile of chips means your life savings, or that you know, and then they lose it. You know, I was with somebody a long time ago, and um, they let's just say I was in Vegas with them, and they were gambling, and we're playing baccarat, for example, mm-hmm. and in baccarat it's banker player or or, or a draw or, or tie, I think. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but <clears throat> they would ask me, okay, which which one, banker or player? And I was like, I don't know. Just come on, just pick one. So I said, all right, banker. And they'd place the bet on banker, and then it would win. And they'd say, okay, do I leave it on banker and let it ride, or do I put it on something else? I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh-huh. No, come on, just pick something. So as it turns out, that entire night, everything I picked won. <laughs> I hate gambling. I hate it. I won't do it. I yeah <clears throat> yeah can't do it. It sucks. All right. Um, Maddie asks, "You have one dollar coins there? I thought it was all paper." We do have we $1 do have one dollar coins. coins. They're they're not used, you know, frequently. Frequently, you know, kind of like the the loonies and the toonies up in Canada. They're not used exclusively like that, but. Uh, but we do have $1 coins. We have 50 cent coins as well. Yeah, we have 50 cent yeah. coins and the Sacagawea dollar. Um, and I have a few. I, I I actually like save them just because, you know, we I really don't know how long they're going to be in use or in mint. So I just save them because, you know. Yeah. They're cool. So what are the black belt requirements in your school? What are the, blo- the requir- black belt requirements? Come on, let's hear from you. We need to hear from you. Let's hear from you. Oh, but Steve's it, leaving. Good night, everyone. Good night, good night Steve. Steve. We will see you later. Ryan Fitz is watching. Captain America, uh, Captain America, Samus is watching. Uh, who else is watching? Um, do, 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 do. I don't know if Goldie Mac is watching. Cecil Peoples is watching. Dana Allen yeah, is watching. All right. Anthony Allen is watching. Anthony, what up? <laughs> Yay. Now remember folks that you still can you still can tell us what's in your everyday carry collection. Yes, you can. But right now we're looking for 
what are the requirements for black belts at your school? What are the requirements for black belt at your school? All right. So what are the requirements for black belt at your school? Let's just pick uh, Tai Chi, for example. Well, Tai Chi does not have a black belt. Okay. That's the uh, – <clears throat> That's the th- I'm trying to get rid of this. Um, so what does it have if it doesn't have rank? Hold on. Let me try to – I'm trying to figure out how to take this part down. Oh, there we go. Just like that. Okay. Um, well, in Tai Chi, in order to be, like, let's say, considered a intermediate student, well, at, now let me take that back. In order to be considered, you know, still a beginner, um, you have to know, at least know how to perform the 13, to perform and understand the 13 fundamentals of Tai Chi. Um, you also have to know at least the 10-form routine in Yang style or the 18-form routine in the Chen style. So there's your beginner, right? Intermediate would be learning uh, Old Frame 1 in Chen style and 24-form uh, and 40-form in the, in the Yang style. Uh, did I say that right? Yeah, 18-form in Chen style and the 24 form and the 40 form in the young style for, okay. you know, advanced. See, in, in advanced, it's like your, 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 um, your forms are kind of like optional as to what you want to learn. Also, when you're intermediate, you start learning, uh, you start learning broadsword um, because it's a shorter form and then straight sword. Now, can the straight sword come before broadsword? Of course you can. It's, everything's like, you know, what do you want to learn next, right? Um, but I normally start people with uh, straight sword and young style after they learn their empty hand, a uh, few empty hand forms, and uh, broadsword in Chen style. Mm-hmm. They learn the empty hand forms. Then after that, they can choose to learn, learn spear and stuff like that. Now, is there a delineation between intermediate and advanced? Mm, yeah, there is. Um, we don't normally have a black belt, but rather what we call like student coach levels. There's student coach level, and then there's full coach. Or, what and, are the requirements for becoming a master in Tai Chi? Well, you have to be able to to know the required forms that your teacher gave you. Um, and, and in that case, you have to be able to perform, understand, uh, to perform, perform, perform and understand the forms that your teacher had put forth in order for you to become a teacher. And of course that differs from school to school. So what, you know, what, you know, you might do as a young style instructor might be different than what I had to learn to become a young style instructor. Are they, you know, does that mean that one person is a, you know, better practitioner not really it just means you know different uh different requirements now um you have to be able to really understand the fundamentals beyond the 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 movement part because those 13 fundamentals even though there's only 13 fundamentals it's the bread and butter for tai chi and if you only look at the tai chi 
fundamentals as mere movements, you're not going to get past the physical stage of, yeah, um, I understand. So that kind of thing. So anyway, that's kind of where we're at. And in Kajukembo, for example, another art that I teach, the, the requirements for black belt differ depending on the branch because there's four branches. Right. And within each branch, there could be, you know, anywhere between like, you know, you know, four to like a hundred different methods depending on the teacher. But at my school for Kajukembo, you have to know um, at least, well, to get your first black belt, you have to know 12 monkey forms. We call them monkey forms. You have to know 12 monkey forms, 12 concentration forms, two tompai forms, um, one broadsword form, and uh, one Shaolin form, 18 hands of Lohan. Now, those are base, right? If the student wants to learn optional forms, like straight sword, a different broadsword form, spear form, uh, chain whip, you know, that kind yeah. of thing, they yeah. can they can yeah. do that. And that's uh, and they can do that in lieu of the uh, required broadsword form when they take their first black belt test. However, you know, by the time you get to second degree, learn the required broadsword form, right? Um, so they can, you know, learn that. They can also learn an optional empty hand form. They can learn an optional Shaolin form, or they can learn an optional um, uh, Nantan or Southern boxing form, or a Northern kung fu form northern based kung fu form um and that's up to them now does having any of those other optional forms is it guaranteed that you'll get your black belt you know is it considered an uh, extra credit yes and no right you can learn like a bunch of these forms but if you don't perform them correctly right meaning that meaning if you don't perform southern boxing with the flavor of southern boxing then it'll be like, eh. And if you perform Northern style, long fist, for example, with a hard style ki type of thing, then, eh, then you don't know that form. And in a case like that, I'm not going to count that as you knowing that form. See what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. I get it. You know, same with Tai Chi. Now, people, you know, can learn the Young style 10 form as an extra credit. Um, and I get it. Moving slow is hard. A lot of people, you know, don't get me started. A lot of people think that moving slow is Tai Chi. But if I see people moving slow and it's awkward looking, then, you know, I'll say, okay, at least they learned it. But, you know, if they want to actually really do it, you know, please work on, you know, doing it, uh, doing it correctly. Don't just move slow and right. think it's Tai Chi, you know, because that's part of the requirement. You know, if you're going to explain what Tai Chi is, at least know. Right. What you're a little bit of what you're talking about, even though you don't, you know, even though you're not teaching it or a master at it or whatever. Um, and then from there, requirements to first degree um, involve just learning a few more forms and getting better and being better than when, you know, you got your, uh, you know, apprentice block or what have you. Got it. And then same to second degree and third degree, blah, blah, blah. Okay. What about you? Kung Fu Sun Tzu, how did that work? Uh, well, again, like like um, Kajikenbo, for example, the requirements varied. 
um, judging by the instructor and, and what they require. Mm-hmm. So uh, in my particular case, I had to write a thesis, uh, no less than 10-page thesis. Mm-hmm. I had to create a weapons uh, I had to create a, a weapons uh, set that needed to be performed with uh, empty hands, short weapons, long weapons, and blindfolded. Mm-hmm. So you, you and your partner had to be blindfolded. Okay. Yeah. That makes set. sense. So that way you couldn't like correct cheat or yes. whatever. Yes. Yeah. So you also had to create a form that was to be performed uh, empty handed, short weapon, longer weapon, double weapons, and blindfolded. Um, I had to be able to know and demonstrate three escapes from every conceivable hold you could possibly imagine, mm-hmm. which seemed like a bazillion at the time. <laughs> um, and uh, gosh, what else did I have to do? There was, of course, what we call freestyle, which mm-hmm. is... Um, People take turns throwing strikes at you, and you have to, you know, defend yourself. You don't necessarily have to come up with a set of techniques to do. You just had to be able to to defend yourself. But, mm-hmm. you know, in because my instructor was an um, not a nice human being, <laughs> for whatever reason, my black belt test was three days, twenty four seven, three days long. Um, so. I failed it nine times. Well, at, at that point, now it's a power power play. It was. It was a you power know, play. It's a power play, you know. But I, there was just all kinds of requirements that, that were, I mean, all kinds of things you had to be able to do in order to get your black belt. And, you know, understanding the system and how and why it works and, you know. Um, yeah. You know, the yeah. use. The use. The usual. <laughs> but, you know, here's here's my thing. And, you know, I, I've gone through hell, hell week tests also. I mean, Nathan... Uh, Slumsky, you know, just wrote his about his. And so, you know, people out there read what he has to say because, you know, 12 hour test, that was my Kajikembo test as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have to realize that Kajikembo was all about, you know, it was just that kind of thing, you know, where, you know, there were times where, you know, you want your black belt, you got to kill this bull, your bare hands. Yeah. Excuse me? Do we read this? Should I read this out loud? Sure. Yeah. Okay, Nathan. You must have a minimum of 602 hours training with a certified black belt and must know everything. If not, you don't promote until you do. Amen. You must know the order of all basics. Yeah, but is that master everything? Because that doesn't happen after 600 hours. Well, that's my question. Do you have to master it? You'll have to ask Nathan that. You see what I'm saying? What makes him a master? Does this make you a master? That's the, that's Wait, the thing. we were talking about a black belt, not yeah, a I master. Know. Yeah, not a master. But you have to know everything. How, you know, you see what I'm saying? How, how do you know everything when, you know, okay. no. You must know the order of all basics. Okay. All right. Empty hand, go. weapon, uh, to it, et cetera. Okay, got it. Just making sure because, you know. Because some people do think that black belt is master. Okay. Then, promotion day, you start testing at 4.30 a.m. Holy guacamole. (laughs) Um, That's how we started. (laughs) Yeah. And you do a variety of hardcore stuff until 4.30 p.m., such as running a mile or two 
at, at a time carrying a 20-pound metal uh, pipe or bow staff or a 50-pound duffel bag, then go home, clean up, do the normal two-hour class. My sensei started this, and I do too. My grandmaster thinks we're crazy. <laughs> when we got to the show, got my when I got my showdown, I could barely move for a week. It kicked my butt, but I know I earned my black belt. Yes. Yeah, I know yes. I earned mine too. I earned mine too. Now the thing to be careful though of, because when I got my black belt, it was this close to, you know, lawsuits. Right. Um, there has to be a break. This close to lawsuits about what? Just about being able like, to take a break? Um, yeah. Basically, you know, what counts as abuse, right? Uh, so a three-day, 24-7 test, yeah. that's abuse. That's abuse. Yeah. But, you know, ours was like eight to ten hours. I don't remember. We were not allowed to eat at all. We were not allowed to take any water at all. And we were moving. It was like we were running for ten hours. Yeah. You know, um, the only time we weren't running is when we had to explain what we were doing. And even then, that was more like jogging, right? I totally But we were running for like 10 hours. And it got to the point where, you know, this one lady's muscles started to cramp and contract. And she was like this, you know, on the floor. And the rest of us were like, holy shit. You know, is she going to die? You know, and she's like, couldn't talk. None of us could talk because we were like, we couldn't swallow. And, you know, you know, people were starting to see things. And I was, you know, we started turning on each other. And, um, you know, people were, you know, literally looking at anything that looked like it had water in it. Right. And basically... I think their whole goal was to get us to desperation and to see what would happen if you get these desperate people together. What would happen? Would you guys be those crabs that come out of the bucket? And when we realized what was going on, we realized, nope, nope, that's not going to happen. I don't care what these people think they can force us to do. Right. We're not going to crawl all over each other. Because one of these exercises that they wanted us to do was, because there was 13 of us, okay? You have to try to hold down, to pin down one person Yep. for 20 seconds. And if you, you know, if you um, don't get up out of that, right? And so if you, if you fail or if you get pinned for 20 seconds, you don't get your black belt. Oh, yeah. So check out what that does to everybody else. Right. So they're like, well, we have to at least make it look like we're pinning them down. Right. I mean, we don't want to make them lose. But then you had all these other teachers saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) If you don't get down in there, you, you, you don't get your black belt either. So it was like it was a moral thing at that point. And I tell you what, people were turning on each other. I remember reaching over and grabbing this gal, this gal from Germany. I remember grabbing her boob and with the intention of ripping it right off her chest. We were all fucking crazy at that time, right? You know, it got to the point where, like, this guy went to go lift me up for a throw. And, all like, the guy was seven feet tall. And I saw ten feet under me. 
and I like freaked, like I wrapped my arms around the front of him and grabbed his ears, and I, and we were just all like free for all, yeah, because we were getting to that weird point where our minds were starting to go crazy, and they yeah. literally had to stop us a little bit through because we were all being kind of weird. I mean, like to the point where police would need to be called, right? Yeah. And you know, I would never do that. I would never subject my students to insanity like that. No water for 10 hours. No, no food. You know, that lady, you know, like, oh, you know, and they made it worse by like force feeding her salt water. So now she's puking all over the place. Right. And then telling her to get up. And in the back of my head, I'm trying to like justify it. I'm like, this is the way they want it. You know, if we quit now, we're never going to survive on the street. And I still believe that. But this close to being lawsuit material, this close. Didn't didn't help, though. It was the middle of summer, and they purposefully closed off the room and turned up the heat to 110. Or yeah. Whatever. Well, I was in Bakersfield, and it was already 110. Motherfuckers. <laughs> I tell you what. Yeah. But boy, you know, would I trade that experience? No, I wouldn't. You know, it made me who I am as a as a black belt. Would I do something like that to you know, older people that want to get their black belt? No, I'm not going to put a 40-year-old through that. I wouldn't subject anyone to the black belt test that I had to do. No. I would not do that. No. Um and the only however, reason why you survived it was because you trained for it and but you trained crazy too. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you trained crazy. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Um, and uh, anyway, Nathan goes, the 12-hour test was intense, but if you're a former military, you don't have to do it. You can just do the two-hour if you want to. If uh, you want, as you have already proved, you can go through the mental and psychological test and not give up. It was meant to push yourself above and beyond. Yes, you're supposed to be perfect, but you won't be. I knew everything front to back and inside and out, but I was forgetting moves in my kata right and left. The day went on as I, as I was so spent. But every class is a test, and my sensei knew that I knew everything in a sense. And I already exactly that you you had already passed. At this point, it's showing it's kind of like a formality to show everybody else. Yes. And you know, and I get that because you know I remember when I got my second degree black belt a few years after that first degree, I trained my ass off. In fact, I made my own students train with me. I mean, we ran, yep. we lifted weights, <laughs> we did back to back cut. We, you know, some people wanted to stay after to train with, with me. So we were training like, you know, four hours every night. So I could, so I could like do that one hour, 90 degree horse stance and not shake and falter. I trained to be able to like, you know, if he wanted me to run, around the block 80 times, I would have done it. Boom. <laughs> yes, Sifu, I'll be back right. in a few minutes yeah. and go, right? Yep. And I wanted to show people this is what happens when you discipline yourself. I was all ready to go, right? And even at even at classes, I was, you know, training, uh, you know, uh, even at, you know, my Sifu's class, I was training and blah, 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 and asking people, can you hold this for me? Can you do that? So anyway, the big day comes for my test. I'm, I know I'm testing for, by myself. The big day comes and there's all these chairs and he's like, and he said, show up at six. I'm like, it's going to take longer than that. Why does he want me to show up at six? Right? So anyway, all the audience comes in 
and he has me do my tournament form. I said, oh, this will be a great warm-up. Okay. So I did my tournament form. And he promoted me right there. And I went, boo. (laughs) In my head, I'm thinking, I don't get to do the horse dance. I don't get to do all my forms. I don't get to blah, 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 blah. Say what? Say what? But but you know what a fighter goes through when they train and train and train and train and they show up and they're ready for the fight and then nothing happens. Their opponent doesn't show. Yeah. And you feel the same way. Yeah. Exactly. What the f- I, like, I, was, I tried I was, my ass I, off. I, I tried my ass off for a year. Well, the thing was is that, you know, Sifu knew that I had trained my ass off. He saw he saw it. Right? And um, he saw that difference in mental, yeah. mental bearing. And he said, I don't need to see you sit in a horse dance for an hour. I don't need to see you do 50 bajillion forms. Just uh, that one form should tell people what you know and how you know it, yeah. right? So, but yeah, I was I was kind of disappointed. But on the other hand, in the back of my head, I was like, phew. <laughs> you know, a little form of blue balls. You guys know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's see if uh, nobody called. Okay. So, you know what we're going to do, folks, because it's getting close to 8 o'clock. I'm going to shut down uh, the Blog Talk Radio uh, phone lines, unless anyone wants to call. If you want to call and uh, and join this next uh, subject, please do. In fact, I'm going to leave it up for a little bit so you can call. Okay, let's go into mutual combat laws. Somebody had to go. A storm is coming. Mutual combat laws. Mutual combat laws. <clears throat> Let's talk about this a little so bit. Let me not, grab not the sports, the contact sports where you know they get paid. Yeah, that's, that that is mutual combat. <laughs> of course However, it is. Um, yeah. However, let me get my. I uh, mean, truthfully, you get to beat the shit out of somebody and you get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's awesome. Yeah. Now let's talk about it. You know what? What is what is mutual combat? Let me uh, go ahead and get rid of this um, overlay here real quick. Um, there we go. The legality of mutual combat. Is there a mutual combat clause in your state, folks? Now, here in Washington, it's not so much that we are a mutual combat state. Um, it's not like we ha- actually have a, a mutual combat law. It's really only the city of Seattle. Now, so long as two people fighting have consented and do not threaten anyone else or anyone else's property, the municipal code bars the police from intervening. How about that? Yeah, but only in Seattle. Now, um, this comes from Cliff Gilly, who um, is a who is a. Um, uh, it says here, J.D. Criminal Law and Intellectual Property Law from the Seattle University School of Law. He graduated in the year 2000. He says that there is no law that legalizes co- mutual combat in Washington, but the charge of assault implies non-consensual physical contact. So see how it's written? The, the charge, Yeah, the charge of assault implies non-consensual physical contact. So the way that the this uh, that the laws are written is that yes, it's assault if there's non-consensual contact, but if it's consensual, right, 
then a lot of people think, oh, then it's allowed, right? Um, but, you know, like I said, Seattle says that as long as two people have consented and do not threaten anyone else or anyone else's property, the municipal code says that officers don't have to come in. Now, here's the weird thing. You can still get dinged for disorderly conduct, reckless endangerment, etc. if the brawling leads you to meet the local elements of those things. Some municipalities in Washington even have statutes that specifically say, quote-unquote, mutual combat is a misdemeanor. In others, though, including Seattle, if you don't endanger any bystanders or their property, you might, might is the key word here, you might and not end up breaking any laws. Now, um, here's the law as it, as it stands in Seattle regarding fighting. This is SMC 12A.06.025. A, it is unlawful, <laughs> I know, it is unlawful for any person to intentionally fight with another person in a public space and, there, and thereby create a substantial risk of, one, injury to a person who is not actively participating in the fight, or two, damage to the property of a person who is not actively participating in the fight. Okay. Right? B, this is 1B, in any prosecution under subsection A of this section, 12A.06.025, it is an affirmative defense that, one, the fight was duly licensed or authorized by law, or two, the person person was acting in self defense, or uh, the or the person was acting in self defense. C, as used in this section, twelve a dot o six dot o two five, public place means an area open to the general public and includes includes streets, sidewalks, bridges, alleys, plazas, parks, driveways, parking lots, automobiles, whether moving or not. <laughs> That's kind of weird how they put that in there. And buildings open to the general public, including those which serve food and drink or provide entertainment. And the doorways and entrances to buildings or dwellings and the grounds enclosing them. Oh. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, and that's uh, those are based on Ordinances 109-674, Section 3, 1981. Uh, Ordinance 108-908, Section 1, 1980. And Ordinance 102-843, Section 12A.04.090, 1973. All right. 73. Yeah. Now, um, let's see who just wrote in. Nathan. Nathan. Nathan writes, <clears throat> like many laws, the – here, let me uh, – can you read that? Yeah, I can. Okay. Like many laws, the statutes defining the justifiable use of deadly force in Oklahoma are confusing. A person is justified in using deadly force in self-defense if the person reasonably believed that the use of deadly force was necessary to prevent death or great bodily harm to himself or herself. Defense is permitted a Defense is permitted a person solely because of necessity. Self-defense is not available to a person who was the aggressor, provoked another, wait, who was the aggressor, provoked another with intent to cause altercation, voluntarily entered into mutual combat. No matter how great the danger to the person's security become became became during the altercation unless the right of self-defense is reestablished. So in short, unless you're the, you're the aggressor, 
or provoked the altercation or voluntarily entered into mutual combat. You are justified in using deadly force if you reasonably believed that the use of deadly force is necessary to prevent death or great bodily injury. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what it, what it's kind of like here for. However, you know, I was talking to a student who believes that there is a law that says it is legal to fight consensually when in fact there is no law saying that it's legal what it's saying is that number one there's no statute saying that mutual fighting is illegal (laughs) right now here's a criminal defense lawyer that's his perspective on this is his perspective on mutual combat laws and and how it applies to at least here in the washington state now Mutual combat is an old common law concept that allowed two consenting adults to fight without fear of being prosecuted. Given that um, this concept was rooted in dueling, it's of little surprise that it has been watered down in today's society where such behavior and violence is generally discouraged except in controlled professional settings. The consent of consenting to an assault has led judges led to judges struggling with agreed combat in everything from contact sports to gang initiation beatings. As a criminal defense attorney, we find this area of law ripe for argument. And this is, um, let's see, who who was this that uh, wrote this? I'm trying. Robert Rhodes. Robert Rhodes um, has a successful background in law and courtrooms, and is um, is is also um, an enthusiast in wrestling, jujitsu, and rugby. Um, so he says, yeah. Um, let's see let's go back here he says at present um, criminal defense attorneys here have room to argue that there still has been no final decision on the definition or application of mutual combat that being said defense lawyers will likely have the best success arguing that the assault was consented to if the damage Um, degree of assault was foreseeable and the circumstances surrounding the assault are fair and or do not violate public policy. Hmm. Interesting. Also keep in mind that things vary depending on whether someone is charged or prosecuted in city, state, or federal court. So for example, here in Washington, if you engage in mutual combat, at least in the city of Tumwater, the act of doing so is a misdemeanor in itself. In the city of Seattle, it is illegal only if it creates substantial risk of injury to a person not involved in the fight or damage to property belonging to a person not involved in the fight. Also, if one person in particular ends up badly hurt, the chances of felony charges increase dramatically and will be brought forward. doesn't matter if you consented. Right. So, for example, when I had that altercation in, um, in Texas, uh-huh. Where the guy grabs my arm and pulls me toward him and I grabbed his nuts and mm. pulled those toward me. <laughs> I mean, in that case it's a mutual consent, right? Right. He grabs my arm, I grab his nuts. Okay. When he f- was falling over unconscious, I didn't know he was un- falling over unconscious. I thought he was just bending over from the groin shot. Uh-huh. But I nailed him in the back of the head. 
with my forearm and then stomped on his ribs about 10 times. I guess at that point, it's not consensual. No. At that point now, you, you've I, overstepped I, I the caused, boundary. That's, that's, I mean, so when I called the police and reported this and met them at the hospital where this this man was being treated, this is, this is now I'm understanding a little better, why the police were grilling me with questions as mm. to, you sure you're by yourself? How did how did how does one person create so much bodily harm to this, you know, to one individual who's twice their size? Yeah. Right. And you know, I, I just resorted to officer. I was scared for my life. I thought he was going to kill me. I thought he was going to pull out a knife and stab me. He reached in his pocket. And I didn't know what to do. And I stuck to that story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a, a nice uh, parting from me and the police. They looked at me and basically just said, "I don't ever want to see you again." And I took that as you better get out. So I grabbed my shit and left. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but see that yeah that you would have yeah right would have gotten arrested. Now here's another thing. A lot of a lot of people out here or at least the student I was talking to tend to think that you won't get sued you know mutual combat law protects you from civil suits wrong 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 you can study this you can study the the statutes and the laws all you want but it's still not going to protect you from somebody suing you right right it doesn't yeah it doesn't so Mr. Rhodes says, if one is involved in mutual combat assault, it is important to know that Washington has expressly refused to adopt the rule that parties engaged in mutual combat will be denied relief in civil action. Hart versus Geisel, um, 1930. What this means is that even if you are able to avoid criminal prosecution for an assault arising out of mutual combat, parties can still sue each other in civil court for the damages depending on the facts. With that in mind, it's best to know a good lawyer. So, you know, the person I'm talking to wouldn't be able to afford a lawyer. And I'm worried that, you know, he's going to do something stupid. Well, I'm grateful that the guy that I uh, had an altercation with in Texas had just gotten out of prison and was on probation and his happy ass got trotted right back in mm. after he got out of the hospital, that is. <clears throat> so ah. I didn't have to worry about it then. And they didn't take my address or anything like that. I just told him I'm here <laughs> visiting. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, Counselor Rhodes also says, as criminal defense attorneys and lawyers, disputes or assaults that are mutual combat lead to lead to a lot of fact specific discussions. If you or a loved one is under investigation or arrest because they assaulted someone in mutual combat, it is important that they assert their right to counsel and speak with our speak with a criminal defense lawyer or attorney before they give a statement to a police officer or other official. The law surrounding mutual combat and self defense has many subtleties and a and a consultation with a knowledgeable defense lawyer assures you have a team of highly skilled third parties involved in the decision-making process. If you have a, 
If you or a loved one is in jail, lawyers have a right to visitation and a private discussion with their clients. Any defense attorney or lawyer with integrity will always educate and assist their clients in ways to avoid being charged. So um, there we go. It's best to, to have a, a good lawyer. Um, let's see here. Now, some time ago, there was um, I, I spoke a little bit earlier about a guy named Phoenix Jones that has this bunch of superheroes, quote unquote, that patrol the streets. Now, oh, okay. they they spent time in Tacoma and cleaned up Tacoma in the Lakewood area of like the drug and gang riffraff and stuff like that. Um you know, mainly as being a deterrent, a visual deterrent. And that's what the guardian angels were when I was with them. It was a visual deterrent. If someone was going to be dealing drugs, which is, you know, uh, uh, bad. bad, you know, with us around, they would just go somewhere else that wasn't in public where, you know, they would, you know, do something funky if a drug deal went down or whatever. Now, did that mean that we were telling people to go do their illegal stuff somewhere else and hurt someone else somewhere. No, it was just a matter of we were there to make sure that no one got hurt in the area that we were at. Cause you know, you, you can only do what you can do and every citizen has the power of citizens rest. So, you know, that's what we did that for. Now, anyway, the superhero Phoenix Jones, I forgot how many years ago this was. He fought an aggressor while police looked on. And it was caught on video, and it went viral. The police went, okay, you guys agreed to it? They watched. In fact, you know, one of the guys said, okay, go. That's the cops. Go. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, ready, <laughs> set, you ready? You ready? Hajime. That's kind of what it sounded like. <laughs> Let's get it on. You know, like a sparring match. Okay, now, um, and it went viral. The principle remains the same. Two participants freely agreeing to enter into a physical altercation. This article discusses the law of mutual, mutual, mutual combat in Washington, tracing its history back to the laws of dueling. Um, Washington first outlawed dueling during its days as a territory. Under these older laws, dueling with a deadly weapon by mutual agreement when no death ensued was punishable by up to 10 years in prison, and murder Damn. charges would apply if a death did ensue. There were lesser punishments for making or accepting a challenge to a duel or to aid the duel taking place by knowingly carrying or delivering a challenge to another party. The dueling statute stayed in the books most recently as RCW CH9.30 until they were repealed with the passage of the Washington Criminal Code. The only difference to dueling in current state law is in the context of state military justice applicable to members of the Washington State Guard. Under RCW 38.38.768, a party involved in dueling in any way shall be punished as a court-martial may direct. Now, while they don't express, expressly mention dueling, city ordin ordinances may apply to consensual physical altercations. Hmm. For example, um, like we said earlier, it's unlawful for people to fight in a public place and, there, and thereby create a substantial risk of injury to a person not involved or damage to property or belongings um, to a person not involved. In Bellevue and Kent which is, you know, we live closer to Kent. Um, 
It's a misdemeanor to provoke by word, sign, or gesture another person into committing an assault, which would likely include challenging someone to a duel. So here, you know, if I drove three miles down the road, right, and I think, hey, there's a mutual there, there's a mutual combat law, and the, there's that guy that pissed me off last week. I'm going to goad him into fighting with me so I can kick his ass. Nope. The police in Kent will catch your ass. Doesn't matter if you both agreed. <laughs> well, right? It's a, it. it's, a, it's a misdemeanor. Um, it's also a misdemeanor in Kent to use abusive language, thereby intentionally creating a risk of assault. So if you pick a fight with someone in Kent, they're just going to put your happy ass in the back of a car anyway. doesn't matter if you consent. Um, let's see. Interesting. Yeah. Now, um, it says here that in the statute, section 12A.06.025, it is an affirmative defense that, one, a fight was duly licensed or authorized by law, or two, the person was acting in self-defense. Um, and it says, you can see from adjacent sections that mutual combat is not legal. Um, Mr. Rhodes says, I recognize that there is a meme about Seattle, but this uh, about Seattle and mutual combat laws, but this is a distortion of an incident when the police turned a blind eye to a fight. We have police issues no doubt there's nothing legal about such fights of course for a licensed event like kickboxing muay thai mma you can fight so there we go so um i didn't have the time to actually look through the full um through the full law in as it's written in the books i haven't gone to the you know seattle.gov thing or whatever but to put it in a nutshell folks Jim Thomas is watching. To put it in a nutshell, folks, over here, there isn't a law that says it is legal for you to, 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 uh, or it is permissible for you to fight if both people consent. Because there could be so many loopholes. Someone could change their story. Oh, easily change. You see what story. I'm saying? Especially if they got beat up. Especially if they got their ass whipped. They're gonna go. Oh, I didn't want to fight. I tried to walk away. And blah 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 blah. See what I'm saying? And nobody wants to deal with that. So you know, any smart city, <laughs> every smart city, will try to write out their laws. You know, to make sure that it it covers certain things. However, a lot of times the way something's written will result in people making assumptions as to what's allowed. Right. Right? So, for example, in Seattle, there is no law um, um, that, that, uh, that bans fighting. So, if people go, oh, hey, there were these old statutes that, you know, said that, you know, if both people consented, it was an assault. And, you know, or... Old statutes. Yeah, or that Seattle defines assault as non-consensual contact and for people to make assumptions that consensual contact is then legal. So, you know, um, it just so happens that in, that in, so I'm going to turn off uh, blog talk radio. 90 seconds. 90 seconds. I'm going to end the episode with, with blog talk radio here in the episode. So it just,